Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me here once again on Putting the Horse First. I am super excited today to introduce you to my current riding coach, Ashley Sanderson. Her website is Kuda Guru, K-U-D-A-G-U-R-U. Ashley is a British-based horse trainer and riding instructor from Zimbabwe. Ashley started by training and qualifying through the British Horse Society. She then gained qualifications with the South African National Equestrian Federation and also the International Group of Equestrian Qualifications, the IGEQ. Ashley has competed across the board, eventing, dressage, show jumping, uh, and equitation. She ran her own riding school and livery yard and has taught all ages and all abilities. At one point, Ashley found that teaching was becoming frustrating because she could see what needed to be done, but couldn't find the wording for how to communicate that to her students. Through a variety of circumstances, she found her way to Mary Wanless and the Ride With Your Mind methodology. She became an accredited ride with your mind trainer and was thus exposed to a totally new way of thinking and explaining riding and horse training to her students. Ashley now lives on the road full time. She coaches remotely as well as giving clinics in rider mechanics and in long lining. I usually work with Ashley via Pivo. And one of my hopes with this podcast is to encourage everybody to reach out to take advantage of all the educational opportunities that we have nowadays via the internet. I work with Ashley in real time via the Pivo Meet app, but prior to working with her, I did a one-year online course where I've recorded videos, uploaded them to YouTube, but they were evaluated both in groups and singly, and there was written and audio feedback given. And then I participated in two other programs, where I provided video, myself and others met in a Zoom classroom for feedback on my work and on the work of the other students participating in the program. If you haven't been introduced to this technology, it is just fantastic stuff. Relative for horse costs, it is pretty affordable. The Pivos only around $140 for the basic machine. They've got a couple different types, so if you're not sure which one, I'm more than happy to help anybody out with that. You can reach out to me at putting the horse first at gmail.com. That's first number one ST. Be more than happy to help you troubleshoot your Pivo and get going. There is also a Pivo for Equestrians group on Facebook that you can reach out to. With these tools and your smartphone, your ability to get in touch with instructors nationally and internationally is just almost endless. Hunt out an instructor online, see what they've got to offer in terms of their online free content, and then jump in and go. And now I'm going to jump in on my conversation with Ashley. We can just start by talking about the straightforward situation where somebody's come to you, they want a a lesson, they're set up that they're going to be your student and you're their teacher and their expectation is that you're going to have them do things that they haven't done before. So how do you make decision on what you're going to address and whether you're going to try to address more difficult things or more problematic things that, that you might see? So I will always start by having 
a conversation, the first five, 10 minutes with a new client, have a conversation with them. And I ask a couple of questions. My first question to them always is tell me a little bit about your riding. Are you new to the riding? Is this something ongoing? And as I'm watching them go around, I'm listening to them, but I'm also watching to see their interaction with their horse. Mm-hmm. When they suddenly look more settled, they suddenly start to breathe and talk and we get into a little bit more depth. I always ask them what else they've done, what other sports they play, do they dance, do they play musical instruments? Because we can use a lot of that prior learning. Mm-hmm. So someone who's done something like skiing, I can approach it in a different way to someone mm-hmm. who has never played sports. And then I'll ask them about what would they like to get out of the lesson? What would they aim to get out of the session. I'm getting an idea of the level of expectation they have compared to the level of skill that I'm seeing. So sometimes I'll see a rider who is quite novice and Mm -hmm. yet they're saying, oh, I want to work on my half pass. And I'm thinking, okay, so we're going to have to really take five steps back. That's always gives me a little bit of a feel of where we're at. And then I'll always start with the rider's position with the biomechanics of how they're sitting because generally if you go back to the basics of how they're sitting you can start to get them to interact with their horse more so there's this big thing about the the horse giving feedback so the rider might be saying i want to work on my flying changes and you can see that they're so crooked that the horse is crooked because the horse can't go straight because they're in such a bad situation so going back to the basics of biomechanics getting them straight and organized getting them to start to notice that the horse changes and then we can start the discussion between the horse and the rider. So it depends on how quickly I can get them to interact with me and how quickly they'll start to interact with their horse. Okay. And so what is your, what would your next step be if say you get some really big pushback, say the person says, well, you know, I really believe that the horse should do it no matter how I sit up here I can sit mm-hmm. up here sideways and backwards and suck on my toe and the horse should still do <laughs> The horse should still do it exactly yeah. as it is. The most common issue that I see with horses and riders is that the rider nags the horse and the horse mm-hmm. isn't truly on the aid. And so I'll ask them questions. I'll set up exercises where it gets to the point that the rider says, okay, there is an issue. So it may just be going halt, walk, halt, walk. Or it may be take your lower leg off and allow the horse to keep walking and see at what point the horse starts. Or it can be something like we're going to ride 100 transitions very fast. And I'll start off by saying halt number one, trot two, walk three, halt four, trot five, canter six. And the rider starts to notice that there's a bit of a lag. They'll put the aid on and the horse doesn't react quick enough. Mm -hmm. So depending on the level of the rider and the level of the expectation, I'll almost set them up to fail, which isn't ideal, but you'll set them up so that they see, ah, there's a flaw in the training here. And then we can go back a step and, and fix that flaw. Yes, yes. Oh, all right. So I see that. All right. So you set them up so they can see something. So it's not so much you're telling them what they have to do. You're positioning them in a place so they can see what it is you want to see. So when the pressure is on and they have to ride 50 transitions really fast and they start to notice that the brakes fail or that they put the leg on and ask for the canter and the horse doesn't canter, mm-hmm. then they notice, oh, okay, so so there is a little bit of an issue going on. Or maybe yeah. that they can ride the leg yield from the right leg moving to the left really easily, but from the left yeah. leg moving to the right 
doesn't. So if you were to compare that type of teaching style, now I would say that that is a newer kind of coaching. What do you think about the traditional teaching style that is there ever a time and a place for that kind of do this, do this, do this, do this coaching? There's two base thoughts in education and teaching. One is to indoctrinate. So a university professor reads a lecture. Yeah. And that is the assumption that I have the information. Mm -hmm. I'm going to open your brain, insert the information, close your brain and off you go. And that relies on a lot of assumptions. The assumption that you can take that information in, that you have enough prior knowledge or prior understanding to act on it, and that everyone is going to learn in the same way, the same Mm -hmm. mechanism. The other type of newer, more modern coaching is you know the the answers in your own body. And so the discussion is how to draw that information out of you. Okay. So if you look at words you'll often hear in an arena, which sit up straight. So sit up straight, if a rider is leaning forward, sit up straight means almost feel like you're leaning backwards. But if the rider is leaning backwards, sit up straight means you need to almost feel like you're tipping forward. So if you have five different riders, one is slouching, one's leaning forward, one's leaning back, one's tipping to the side, one's tipping to the other side, and the coach yells sit up straight, those five different riders have to give five different answers. Yes. And so that yelling, everyone sit up straight, can only work if each of those riders already knows where sit up straight actually is. Mm -hmm. And so that style of coaching can work if people are just practicing a skill. Mm -hmm. Say you've got a group of beginners practicing rising trot and the coach is saying, everyone do rising trot, everyone rise the circle. You need to put those hours into practice. Mm -hmm. But until someone has the muscle memory and the understanding of how to do that thing, it doesn't mm-hmm. work because yes. everyone interprets the information differently. Gotcha. Personally, when I try to broach the topic of that kind of feedback loop learning with people, I run into some people who would really prefer the indoctrinate view of the world and yeah. the feedback loop type. They seem to think it's unnecessarily overcomplicated and things don't have to be that hard. I think there's a, there's a degree of natural talent. Mm-hmm. Some people are naturally just good at doing something. And if you look at an Olympic athlete, a professional concert pianist, some of the Olympic riders, they are so naturally gifted at doing that thing that even with bad coaching or mm-hmm. with just being told, just sit up straight and do it, yeah, there's an element that they're going to be able to succeed just because of their natural talent. Gotcha. But the majority of people don't have that natural talent. And so anyone can learn to run a marathon, ride a horse, play a piano. But it's about the amount of deep practice, the amount of time that you really focus in on the how do you do it that teaches them the skill. Mm -hmm. So that's where you need to have very deep practice. You need to have the repetition and the real understanding of what each building block is. Gotcha. All right. Now, do you approach things any differently when it's informal, when you've got a friend or you got some other informal situation that, that you might want to try to assist? Or uh-huh. is that time that you just not talk? The, the biggest lesson to me was you can only help someone if they ask for help. Gotcha. Okay. So I'll be sitting at a show or watching a friend ride or something and I'll think, oh, I could I could change this and this and it would really make an impact. But until they say, what do you see or what do you think? Or it doesn't help. Everyone has this natural pushback. If you just go to someone and say, you know, you could possibly try this nine times out of 10, they'll go, 
no, I didn't ask for your advice. And so you need to wait. They have approached me. I'll normally throw out a casual suggestion of, of something simple that I think could make the biggest difference. I have found people are very shy about video. Watching yourself do the same thing the wrong way for a half an hour really gets it home, you know, yes. watching do it over and over again. And the moments when you get it right. Do you encourage people to use video or do you not push that if they're really sensitive about it? I I love video. I think it's one yeah. of the best tools that anyone can have. So I'll encourage people to either have people um, having photographs taken of them. So if they compete mm-hmm. or, you know, a friend, some a fellow livery owner is at the stables, take a photograph, take a one minute video have something like the PIVO. Keep a photograph or keep a section and look at it six months later. Look at it a year later. Ah. So if you can have a photograph of you and your horse every three months for three years, that gives mm-hmm. you a really extensive library of where you have got to and where you've changed. Anything like that, videoing, photographs, mm-hmm. you can get some great software now where you can, uh, I can't remember the name of them, you can put little dots on your hip and your shoulder and your heel as you're trotting around and it shows your alignment and how it shifts. I don't want to take up too much of your time today because I know you're an international jet setter. <laughs> Is there anything else that you thought we should let people know about? Uh, I suppose one of the things I'm always trying to say to riders, one of my biggest um, pieces of, of information I want to give to riders is do other things don't just ride because anytime you learn a new skill it helps it comes back into your riding so go and learn to ski go and go to the gym pick up a a tennis rack and go and play tennis do something outside of riding Mm -hmm. because our bodies have to work with awareness and with um, the kinesthetic feel and the movement and so don't get too bogged down with I'm only going to Think about my riding when I'm riding. Hello again, everyone. That's the end of my conversation with my coach, Ashley Sanderson. Before I go, I wanted to point you to a couple of her online resources. When Ashley had started out as a riding coach, she spent many, many hours lecturing at Pony Club, all the way from the E-level, teaching kids that a pony has two ears, four legs, and one tail, all the way through A, which is considered to be a professional exam. She became chief instructor for a large branch of the Pony Club system, and then she was head of testing for another region. As a freelance riding coach, she travels around the world and is fortunate enough to observe riding schools and livery yards and clubs all over the world. And she sees and finds very common issues with lesson students and beginners as they come to these riding programs to learn how to care for and ride horses. So she has an online curriculum, Basic Horse Care. Ashley's latest online course offering is about lunging. And of course, you can always contact her about direct person-to-person coaching. If you are more of a do-it-yourselfer and you want to start your biomechanics or writing analysis journey in the privacy of your own video screen, I can recommend the OnForm app. If you go to www.onform.com, they offer a skeleton tracking system where you can download clips of video and put dots on your body to start mapping out what it is exactly your body is doing and how effective you are at uh, altering that. Thanks again for joining me, everybody.